This is our first episode of the year. It's our first full review of the year. Welcome back to Afro Movie Review, the podcast. And thanks for tuning in for another year, you guys. Sorry for calling y'all hoes. We only mean hoes in the most positive, uplifting way, so, you know. I thought you called them bitches. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for that one, too. This is season six, episode 69. Welcome back, y'all. Um, mm, movie of this episode, of course, this is our A24 season. And this movie is Talk to Me, the year is 2022. Babe won the uh, rock, paper, scissors, so they are going to start. Oh, wait, we didn't say our names. And it's I was like, either. wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, who are we? Go back. Who are you? I am Keeks. They them pronouns your favorite trans podcaster, Afro Movie Reviewer. Who are you? Gang, gang. This is Moshi. Her pronouns, Afro Movie Reviewer, the chocolate chip podcaster. Hey. Yay. Okay. So now, let's get into it. So, history real. Go ahead, baby. So, March 5th, the wreck of Endurance is found. So, Endurance was a ship with a 27-man crew that sank off the coast of Antarctica. The whole crew was rescued and it was found 107 years later, 3,008 meters or 9,869 feet deep in a quote unquote brilliant state of preservation. It is now a protected historical site and monument site set forth in the Antarctica Treaty System. I don't know what that is, but um, that shit's very cool. Look, <laughs> not only did everybody get saved, it's just down there chilling. Yeah, and then Arctic frozen got their own little treaty system. That's yeah. Something Don't touch to shit into. else in Antarctica. I'm like, hmm, I feel it. I feel like that's the least polluted out of the, all of the continents. <laughs> Leave it alone. It's fine. Can't nobody go in there and fuck nothing up. It's too cold. Mm. Okay. Um, my first fact is October 18th. American cellist Yo-Yo Ma is awarded the fifth ever one million dollar Bridget Nielsen Prize. Yo-Yo Ma. Yo-Yo Ma. I was introduced to Yo-Yo Ma in my ninth or 10th grade um, computers class. Uh, It was actually the password for us to get into our work for the day. And on the low, the teacher was just always playing Yo-Yo Ma in the background. And on the last day or like, you know, when we did our final or whatever, we turned it in. And one of the questions was, you know, who is Yo-Yo Ma? And I guess I was one of the few people who researched who this person was because I got the question right, got extra points on my final. (laughs) Um, So Yo-Yo Ma was born and partially raised in Paris to Chinese parents, educated in New York. He is a child prodigy. He's been performing on the cello since the age of four and a half. He is a graduate of Juilliard, the Juilliard School and Harvard University. And he also attended Columbia University. 
He has performed as a soloist with orchestras all around the world. He has more than 90 albums and has received 19 Grammy Awards. Get into my guy, right? Um, he's the Bridget Nelson. He's huge, he's major. <laughs> the Bridget Nelson Prize is the largest prize in classical music. It's awarded approximately every three years to an active artist or institution that's contributed an important chapter to music history. This was established by legendary Swedish dramatic soprano artist Bridget Nelson herself, and the first award was given in 2009. Hmm. Uh, I said, what? And it took you until 2022 to recognize Yo-Yo Ma? Slipping. Imagine being the celloist or being in any oh, any um, category that he's nominated for, and he has 19. You're like, oh my God. Is he going to go for 20 on me? On me? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be scared. I'd be so happy. Oh my God. Okay, what's your second fact? My second fact is September 8th, Queen Elizabeth of England dies. Lizzie in the box. Lizzie in the box. That shit was so funny. Smoking on that Lizzie pack. Listen, her son looked like he' about to croak soon too. Oh my gosh! Let the whole empire fall. Have you seen his fingers? They look like sausages. (laughs) (laughs) Need to take them rings off. They are Uh, circulation. Oh my gosh! Mm. (laughs) I don't know what they're gonna do, but hey, do something different. Mm. Get a job. Look. Relying on taxpayers' money. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> my second fact is March 9th, American singer-songwriter Lionel Richie receives Library of Congress, Library of Congress Gershwin Prize at the DAR Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. Um, so the Gershwin Prize is a prize awarded to um, composers or performers for their lifetime contributions to popular music. Yeah. This was created in 2007 by the United States Library of Congress, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, songs written by Lionel Richie, All Night Long, Brick House for the Commodores, Hello, Endless Love, Sail On, Three Times a Lady, Just to Be Close to You, You Are, Truly, Flying High, Happy People, So Into You for Tamia, you, mm-hmm. We Are the World, with Quincy Jones in them. And and notably, we're going to give a heads, because this is Afro Movie Review, Miss Seeley's Blues for the Color Purple. Yes. That is just, go watch that damn movie. The new I haven't seen it yet either, but it came out on Christmas, and I have been busy since Christmas. I'm part of the problem, but I'm a bully y'all and bully myself at the same time. I just want to see it because Fantasia's in it, and I love Fantasia. I want to see it because Danielle Brooks is in it. I want to see oh, yeah. it because of the of the young lady who plays Young Seeley, who was not invited to the Oscars. What the fuck is up with y'all? Oh, that. Wow, 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 wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite. My last fact is January 7th, COVID-19 pandemic. The number of COVID-19 cases exceeds 300 million worldwide. I did not check that number for today. But I only mention that because we're currently in the second largest surge in the U.S. Um, We are estimating 2 million cases a day, 2,000 deaths a week. 
mask the fuck up. Yes, yes. I still wear a mask and shit, but golly, they don't even give you these numbers to scare you no more. And we just had a uh, Senate hearing on long COVID, which is getting attention. So I'm happy about that because people are recognizing that, hey, there are ramifications and there are disabled people from COVID. So, wow. That and I'd be slipping up sometimes taking my mask off just because I'm like, oh, it's hot. I need to breathe, whatever. Or late because, you know, the heater is on in every place. So walking in my sinuses and stuff, I'm like, oh, I need to just have fresh air for a second. The air ain't fresh. It's riddled. And that number is underestimated because states have stopped reporting. We are getting mm-hmm. wastewater data. That is how we are figuring out how people have. COVID. And isn't the wastewater data usually collected on the planes? So they're trying to figure out who is in the air with this shit. I'm not sure on that. I did see the, you can search by city, I believe. I mm. did see our city and yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, master fuck up. Please and thanks. So. God. Okay. Well, I'm going to end um, light and I'm going to, my, I'm going to make sure that it's funny. So January 10th, the U.S. Mint issues quarters um, commemorating specifically on January 10th. It was for Maya Angelou, the first black woman to be depicted. Hmm. I thought this was very cool because. In 2022. In 2022. Hearing the first black. Well, this is the thing. It's a four-year program that celebrates the accomplishments and contributions made by women of the United States. And it started in 2022. So January 10th, they pretty much came out the gate with a black woman. Which she should have been on the quarter. She should have been. We should have been, been on money. Should have been on money, right? Where's my? Where? Where is my? Actually, um, my underground railroad twenty. I actually don't. I don't know how I feel about. Oh yeah, the the Tubman twenty. But having black women on currency, I don't know. I feel it's some type of way. Mm, okay, well, let's talk about some of the other people. The contributors are people who, who are in varieties of fields, not limited to suffrage, c- civil rights, abolish. Abolition, I can read. (laughs) (laughs) Government, humanity, science, space, and the arts. Um, And they said that they were honoring people from ethnically, ethnically, racially, and geographically diverse backgrounds. So the 22 quarters include Maya Angelou, writer, performer, social activist, Dr. Sally Ride, physicist, astronaut, educator, first American woman in space, Nina Otero Warren, suffrage leader, the first woman superintendent of Santa Fe Public Schools, Anna Mae Wong, the first Chinese woman, I mean, first Chinese American film star in Hollywood, and my favorite and first, the first quarter that I ever saw that made me pay attention to the fact that these quarters were being printed, Wilma Mankiller, the first woman elected principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. So that's fun, right? Wilma Mankiller and some of the other quarters that I've seen and collected I have in my possession um, still, but I realized they made like 200,000 of these. So literally they're around. You can find them. They also have Bessie Coleman, Edith Kanakaoli, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Ida B. Wells. So they have some fun quarters. Hmm. All right. So that was the history reel. Gang, gang. Let's get into the plug. (laughs) Um, and the plug per usual is power to the people. You know, we are, we are standing with all people oppressed, specifically Palestine, Congo to gray. Um, there's so many areas right now that are being affected, but our plug today is, um, wizard 
underscore Bison one on Instagram. Bison is a Palestinian on the ground that is currently calling for a global strike for this week, January 21st through the January 28th. No school, no work, no shopping, if possible. If you cannot, please keep talking about Palestine. Please keep asking for free Palestine. I don't know how we went from free Palestine to ceasefire. ceasefire. Like, get the fuck out of Palestine. Like, what? Ain't no ends. Get the fuck out. So, like, keep calling for free Palestine. Keep posting about it. Keep talking about it. If you cannot participate in the strike this week, so... Yes. And um, look to Bassan for some updates. Like like they said, uh, Bassan is on the ground, is giving information. So if you wanted to see information, not just from the news's depiction of what's happening, you can see it from someone who is living it right now. Right. And you can, she's been posting for a while. So just like with most Instagram things, you can go back and post and see from when she was happier and things like this weren't happening and see how this has ravaged her body, her spirit and her soul. Like it's just... So proud of the people. Um, Oh, Oh, I just wanted to mention, like, she's more than just, like, a Palestinian on the ground. She's a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. She's a whole person. So, like... She's a 24-year-old college student. Like... She's a baby. Yeah. Going through this and doing this for the world. So... Um, Okay, so that'll lead us into what our lenses look like for the season. Yes. I will do mine first. So I have my iridescent sliced watermelon balls for the lenses. Um, on the left is a blue-ray Congo leg. And on the right is a green-yellow to gray leg. Power to the people. I have the green triangle with a yellow nose bridge with a red triangle with the freedom fist hanging from the legs. That's it. That's it. All right, y'all. Let's get to the fun part. This fuck ass movie. I wanna say fun, but I will I like I like this movie. This was what are your categories? I'm so My categories are oh shit with a question and an exclamation mark. I have bitch with multiple questions marks behind it. I have you signed up for it. Um <laughs> Mo <laughs> I have Girla, not you. Um and then I have the the fuck. Okay. What are your categories? I have what the fuck. I have <laughs> oh shit. Because <laughs> that's exactly how I reacted. So hard breathing. I said, damn, it's fuck Mia. I have get his fucking hand off. And then I have girl. Girl. <laughs> the distressed girl. Oh girl. my God. This movie. Okay, so what is. What did you give the movie? I gave it a seven. Ooh. Ooh. I don't. What did you give it? <laughs> I don't like that. I gave this movie a 5.25. Really? Can I ask why? Let's get into it, babe. The directors, Danny and Michael Philippou, um, brothers. Mm-hmm. They did The Babadook 2014. High expectations. Mm-hmm. High expectations. I don't know that they wrote this movie, but they had a budget of $4.5 million. You can see where the money was spent. It was well spent. I appreciated that the movie gave me an intro into Australian film because as far as my um, my like experience with it, I was on Wentworth. 
Mm-hmm. I have only watched Wentworth, and that's where I got my Aussie dose right. Um, but what the fuck is up with y'all? What's up with y'all? This this movie is the number seven most searched horror movie on streaming today. They mm-hmm. have a list of ten. Of the ten, A twenty four had five films on that list. A twenty four is apparently doing horror and doing it well. It was not that the movie was bad. It just was not original. And are you ready for me to burst your bubble? Okay. It is Jumanji, but supernatural. It is a horror Jumanji film. Oh my God. I literally got through the whole film and it was the last moment where she was reaching out. She was now on the other side and and talking to people. And the captions told me that that person was speaking Grecian. And I said, we went from Australia to Greece. The cycle continues. Nobody broke the hand. It's Jumanji. Hmm. Now, I will say, though, it's been a minute since I've seen Jumanji. So, Mm -hmm. I did... So I gave it a seven because I would love like to see more world building with like why did the spirit specifically want Riley? Like why did why and then like when Mia died, why did she not go with the other spirits? Like I don't get why she would be separate. I mean, because mm-hmm. you you all came from the hand. So when you be with Riley too, like I don't get it. Like how few folks? I had questions. I um, I will say Jumanji had one black person. Shout out to Dave Down Greer. One. And his lines in the movie are hilarious because it's not the guy screaming all the time. When that damn vine thing came for his car, I scream it all the time. But I didn't want to give this movie points because they had two people of color. They had me. They, well, they had oh, the dad. The dad. I was Mia, like, who? The dad, the mom, okay. Um, and then Joss. So, if we're talking about people Joss. who have Joss, is the jock, the dude. black, yes, he is probably indigenous to like, I don't know, I don't know, but like, you know, the I'm not gonna give y'all points for having a couple more, more black people than the movie you ripped off. I'm not, but Mia played the fuck out of that Sophie role. Wild, Sophie she did Wild a good fucking fuck. job. The, now I didn't like how she was ostracized, like how the black person had to be ostracized, like because they was it, the way they, they had a little bit of microaggressions in it with the it mom always racism. always talking about oh you're doing drugs or oh this oh that and I'm just even like, with her friend group she walked into Haley's house and who Haley is um, Zoe Teraki's um, non non binary boo no yes. from from Wentworth Haley. But, Pissed me off. I, pissed me off. Oh! Immediately when Mia walked in, it was all kind of passive aggressive. Why the fuck is she here? Blah, blah, blah. This is the one black person at your party that's not Joss. What are you on? And to my son, oh, she's clingy. I'm like, why the fuck? How is that the answer? How is clingy the answer? Like, what? So that really just set me off with that. I didn't really like the way they did that, but. I don't know, the whole, it kept me suspensed, in my opinion. And this is one of the first horror films that we watched that it doesn't rely on ableist tropes, where I was like, I was really afraid. 
but like that lack of world building really gets me because I expect a sequel or something. I expect you to continue this as a franchise and I expect answers. And I definitely, I agree with that. There was some holes in it. I didn't understand why the, the spirits wanted um, Riley so badly. I didn't understand why. I, I was grateful that instead of giving Riley to the spirits, that Mia sacrificed herself. But also I was like, again, like you victimized all of these white kids. You made the black kids the the villains not necessarily villain but they were definitely the antagonists because mia is the one who did this and said yes to riley even though it wasn't her place and joss is the one who introduced the hand to the friend group right so then when we go back and we see um duckett's brother duckett's brother is like oh josh you want to keep fucking up people's lives so it's like it just was this there was slight racial undertones in it that made me feel like <clears throat> didn't like i didn't like that um Sue, the mom played by Miranda Otto, she's in the Lord of the Rings trilogy and she's in What Lies Beneath. She's going to play the fuck out of a spooky role, out of something supernatural, whatever. Her responses were the most real and most natural to me and I appreciated her, her character. Yeah, even with the racial undertone, she was a, she was a white suburban woman. And she also was one of the few people who acknowledged that she projected her shit. Yes. Nobody exactly. else was able to say that, you know, they were wrong for how they felt or how they approached any of these black children. Um, but Sue did. I'm sorry I projected it. I know you would never hurt him. And I was like, Sue, she would. She needed to have her guard up during that time. But the fact that she was able to do that meant, you know, I liked, I, I liked her character. I can see that most of the money went to the prosthetics and I appreciate that mm -hmm. because the gory parts of this movie made it. But honestly, with that lack of world building, I'm bringing my rating down to a 6.5 because I have too many questions. Okay. Okay. And that's real. You said a 6.5? Yeah. I, I That's definitely real. Um, I didn't even realize, I think that part of the reason why uh, Mia did not end up in purgatory, like where Riley was being held, is because she sacrificed herself. But I didn't understand, like, and part of me was like, okay, I'm glad that she sacrificed herself, but also I didn't want, every pretty much every black person in the show got real fucked up. Yeah. And, you basically. know. Basically. Um, but I, it wasn't until the absolute end, because when I tell you I was held in suspense the entire time, it wasn't until the absolute end that I realized that this was a Jumanji remake and I was disappointed. My original score for this was a 6.25. It was, but, um, it was for Sophia Wilde's acting, mm -hmm. um, and for cinematography. The, the directors did, I loved the flashes of things I liked. When things popped out, I liked the, like, when it was scary, it was, it was scary. scary. And the way that they filmed it, the lighting, the the special effects, all of that. Shout out to the special effects. Them people were gruesome and nasty. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely was able to get some backstory on how some of these people died um, because of the makeup and the quality of it, right? But I just was like, I didn't understand... I didn't understand. Like you said, there was, I just had questions. Um, I will say that I was pissed off that Riley was able to be in the room with that. I didn't like the bestiality part of it. Um, when yeah. they decided to take uh, Daniel 
into that zone and take him from super Christian to being like, you know, what would the worst thing that somebody would do? That was much. And that scene lasted a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, that, you could have cut that. I don't understand mm-hmm. why that was, I don't know. The, it could have been so much, I don't know. You could have portrayed it in a different way. It didn't it's, have to yeah. go that far. It could have been that the dog that the dog saw Daniel doing all of this and in response went and humped something. That was a lot. It was... Um, or the, I, I honestly expected the dog to go pee on him. Or something. That did like, be it. And I'm surprised that Peter didn't show up like, bitch, I'm surprised that white people who love dogs, like around the world, y'all love animals, didn't have something to say about this. I don't give a fuck what he had in his mouth. Tuna, peanut butter, whatever. That's disgusting. It was nasty. And y'all let this be on film and slide in 2022. So that, when I thought about that, I took a point off. Not gonna lie. I took a point off. And then, like, I started slashing points. Maybe my, my ranking at first was a seven. And then I started slashing. And then I gave them points back because Sophia Wilde did that. Um, Alexandra Jensen, who played Jade, and Joe Bird, who played Riley, a lot of these people, this is their intro into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie made me excited to see what they do next. It did. I want to see, um, especially Sophia Wilde, the things that she was able to do with her voice and playing around with, you know, the possessions and things like that. Her her body, the way that she contorted herself, that those things were very, very fun. Um, but I realized that and it's it's not, I gave it I gave it the score that I gave it, but I can still admit that it was a good movie. This is very it is very indicative of how teenagers act um, when they are not around supervising people, mm-hmm. right? Very much. Uh, that whole like trying to get other people to pass out or the like <sighs> breathing hard. There's so many games that kids are doing right now that you would think that they are not because they're not doing drugs. There's a safety in them being together and nobody's going to get hurt. Um, and the way that Riley hurt himself, that black eye was absolutely petrified. That um, was terrifying, and it was. Oh my! God. It was gruesome, and it was just. I violent. loved it though. It was. It was such a good scene. It was. It was beautifully shot and well done. The screaming, the franticness of the teenagers, the not knowing what to do, the, you know, the the, the immediate angst and anxiety that they had in that was so so like I they depicted it well. Whoever wrote it was able to give that energy to teenagers. And because these people were mostly adults, the only person who was a child at the time of recording was Joe Bird. Um, and people, you know, looking young. And, but he, that the writer was able to give a lot. I appreciated that. It just was a little... And we've noticed that this is a thing with A24. If they're going to take it, if this is the step, they're going to go three steps above what you think should be the level and land you there so that you can stick in, uncom- in, you know, in your discomfort. And I guess that's the point of art is to get you to talk about it, to get you to be uncomfortable. It's going to be on your mind. I don't think I'm ever going to have to watch this movie again. But if someone asks me about special effects or someplace that I was impressed with um, the work that was done by actors, by, by behind the scenes, the people that support, this is a movie that I would absolutely mention. Yeah, this is... I really like the way Mia is written because I cannot dislike her, I feel, in my opinion. Because 
she can't help it that her mother committed suicide. She can't help it that those spirits preyed on that insecurity of hers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was just a really fucked up situation. And it's just like, and the whole her ending up in traffic, you don't know if she, because I don't know if she was pushed or if she did it herself. And that is that speculation to be like, okay, did she sacrifice herself because she loved Riley so much or did Jade come and she pushed her and she got a hold of Riley? And you can kind of like speculate mm-hmm. with that and be like, okay. Did she Mia- battle? Did she did Mia defeat evil or did somebody stop her from doing evil? That, and it's like, I just, I can't not, I feel bad for her. And you know what? Character-wise, I do agree. Mia was, as much as I was like, girl, what the fuck? I also related to her multiple times. She she said that she was lonely. She said that she was sad um, because of her mother's passing. The movie opens at the two-year death anniversary. Mm-hmm. And Auntie is over there in her very cool outfit, but all in black. And Mia starts off with listening to or watching a recording. Um, turns out that it's on Snapchat because the teens, you know? It's a good thing that she was able to keep that for herself and have that connection with her mother. But the as soon as the spirits came out, like as soon as she started explaining what happened and she said that her mom accidentally overdosed, I was like, uh, I put it in quotes and everything. Accidentally, I knew that that was going to come out after the first time that she shook hands and she was telling Riley that she didn't feel lonely anymore. I said, oh, this girl about to be addicted. This is a different type of a high that she was chasing. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact, and I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up, but because she was in this very open space, it was so close to the bed, she was in a vulnerable space. And the spirits, those, them purgatory spirits knew it. Because when she checked in and was able to look in on Riley, I felt like he was in purgatory. It was this very weird space. I don't know what purgatory would be defined as. Maybe that is actually hell, because that looked like I don't <laughs> they were feasting on him it was so weird and it was so brief for it to be such an impactful scene it was like right. on the, it was on the screen for maybe four seconds and I still remember it it is terrifying did, they did so well with that oh my god oh my god I wish that I could give them a different score but literally once I figured out that this is just Jumanji like remixed I was like damn I wanted to give them more um, especially because the movie is ranked so highly, but it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I just, <laughs> I see you. Now, I do want to point out that I was a little confused because I thought that the way that, um, Mia was about to die by her other dad was how her mom died a little bit. Mm. So that was her suicide was left open because they were like, oh, she had nails on her. She had a... Wood under her nails. She was trying to get help. It was very confusing. But she left a note. So it's like, did she really mean to kill herself or was she also a part of this Possessed whole... Possessed something. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought into that because realistic, you know, unfortunately, me and my morbid habits, I have looked into this, but honestly, they say that suicide by pills is not always a peaceful death. It's not that you just go to sleep and don't wake up. You choke. Sometimes, you know, asphyxiation is real. Sometimes there is a time of of realizing that you're not feeling good and people regret it. 
And so you'll see signs of struggle before they are unable to keep themselves um, alive, right? Mm -hmm. um, I do think that when dad came out and admitted that, yes, there was a note, this was on purpose, that was something that I understood why um, he kept it from her. But the minute that his child said she told me, I would have, I would have sat down asked questions. I didn't, I have, thank you, because that pissed me off. There was not enough questions being asked because the minute she said, oh, mom told me, that was when you would have cut everything off. Told you I what? Also, I also didn't told appreciate Mia just left her fucking dad to die. Like, that I'm was dad. fucked. Dad was not dadding, and that was literally a note on mine. He was very much an absentee father, but she had said something about that, how he was depressing, it was hard to be around him, and she had obviously started to turn to Sue and to Jade's family more than she would have before, but literally... That was a trip to me because Sue hears this and I don't know what her profession is. It kind of seemed like she was somewhere in the psychology world. Mm -hmm. If you hear this and you hear that your, your daughter's best friend's mom has committed suicide, not that you have to step in and be everything for dad, but you guys are both single parents. Where is the support? And that's my thing too. I was like, where is the community and where are your community members that look like you? Because Literally, I know that is also important. You're going to get caught up with this white folk shit. And that's exactly what happened to what it seemed like to this American man, because his accent was American. Um, this American man isolated on this island. Australia is an island at the end of the day, and a lot of it is not inhabitable. So you are very, I don't know how close in quarter, but you can't even go far to get away from other people. They done, you know, fucked around and killed off a bunch of Aboriginal people, made them feel like they ain't welcome. So you have maybe this Aboriginal person, Joss, and this biracial child, um, because Sophia Wilde herself is actually biracial. So I did, I think that there was a, um, a choosing in who would be the parent or whatever, but there was a lot of isolation. There was no community, not for, not for either one of the families that happened to be people of culture. Neither one of them in this space had that. And they were introduced to things and trying to assimilate in a place that they shouldn't have had to and it led them to some bullshit. Um, I thought it was interesting that when dad came to her and admitted it or whatever, and he was like, you know, I should have told you. Yeah, you should have. She's not a little girl. This is a girl that you are able to, she was, he was calling her phone and she's ignoring the phone calls and he hasn't used search my location or find my phone or whatever to pop on, up, up on her. This is a girl that's old enough for you to feel like she can be out on her own at 10 o'clock in this time. You tell her the truth about her mom. Mm -hmm. You don't lie about that. But he just wasn't dadding. There was not a connection between them. And that was depicted in every time that she walked into her house, it was dark, it was gray, it was gloomy, it seemed cold. When she went to Jade and Sue and Riley's house, it was lighter. It was there was an energy that was given there that was shown, mm -hmm. and the merge of that, the fix for that would have been community. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, my only other complaint about that was when Mia did figure out that she was dead, and Dad was walking away. Because at first I was confused. Did Jade call an ambulance for Max? Was he just like, I was surprised that he was still alive because I thought he got hit in his jugular. Mm -hmm. um, but I was kind of confused when she figured out that she was dead and it, like her last glimpse of reality, that's a quick fast forward. Either she died and all of the possession came off of Riley. He was immediately able to come out. This man looked like he ain't have nothing done to his face, nothing to his eye. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but he looked completely healed. 
Dad was walking away. I was like, how much time has passed? So I didn't even peep that that was Riley. It looked like Daniel to me. I was like, oh, this is Daniel, Jade, and Sue visiting Riley. And he, But you see the... The bed was completely made. It looked like right. they were packing up to go. And right, he was saying, I'm, gonna be, I'm so behind at school. Mm. And she was like, don't worry. But I was so confused. How much time has passed? Has he healed? Did, did the possession take everything that happened away? Because this this little boy tried to take out his eyeball. He success, Did he successfully take it out? Baby, when I tell y'all, I looked away for a second. It was gruesome. It was gruesome and gross and great. Once I, I'm telling you, it wasn't until the last 35 seconds that I said, bitch, what the fuck? And all of my, like, feelings for this movie just crashed. Mm. Well, before we do uh, our combined and we talk about what the other reviews were, I got a wonderful compliment for us the other day. Really? Let's hear it. My mama listens to the show and she was like, y'all crack me up. So much. When I tell you that made my heart so happy, I was like, I love oh my that. God. Yes. I literally was like, my mama gonna hear that episode. <laughs> I was scared, dog. But I told her, I told her, Ma, I said this on an episode, and she was like, oh my God. I was like, I just want you to know that I said it. I don't even know where the episode is. Because she like hops around. She like, you know, she's not a scary movie girl, so she may not even listen to this episode, but she will go back and watch some of the movies that she hadn't seen because she liked the review and made we made her laugh about it or whatever. So I was like, Ma, I don't even know where I said it on that episode, but I literally said that you hit me in the show. Yo, vagina. She was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the same time you was in town. I'm sorry. And she was like, ooh. And you know I love Don Cheeto. Mm. Hello. <laughs> So my mama said that she loves our show <laughs> and that just tickled my heart so much. Um, okay, so we are at the end, babe. How many ticks did you give your categories? So what the fuck has 16? Aw oh, shit. <laughs> had 13. <laughs> Damn, it's fuck Mia has six. Get mm-hmm. his fucking hand off had five, because that's said that's literally how many times I said it. Right. During that scene. <laughs> I don't blame you. I was so scared. Girl had 18. Mm. Um, oh shit had nine. Bitch had 12. You signed up for it. Had 11. Stop. No, no regrets. Um, girl, uh, not you. Uh, seven. Mm. And duh, the fuck had five. So, huh. Our combined for this movie is a 5.875 out of 10. Um, I feel and, like that's a little high, but okay. I mean, honestly, mm, IMDb gave it, gave it a 7.1 out of 10 and, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 94%. I think that this is because people thought it was new and innovative because Jumanji is like 25 years old at this point. Um, and if you haven't, if you didn't put the connection into it, which is part of the reason why I feel like you and I do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Not everybody thinks about movies in the way that we do. Not everybody is going to put together something like that. Even you did not think about it because you hadn't seen haven't seen Jumanji in a while. But mm-hmm. I promise you, if you go the next time you go back and watch Jumanji and you think about this film, you're gonna be like, oh my God, one and the same. And Jumanji <laughs> was terrifying because you didn't expect it to be. Mm-hmm. That is a scary movie on the low. Jumanji, that white man 
um, the one who had the gun and was chasing him, Hunt the Hunter, Mm-hmm. That man was terrifying. When those, when the flood came, when there was a crocodile, when the monkey was fucking with them, when young man got turned, he was turning into a monkey. There is, they are breaking things up with comic pauses, but on the low, Jumanji is a scary movie. Hmm. And I would rank it if we put it in a scary movie category. I would rank it high against other scary movies that are are blatantly scary while that one like Coraline it's like Coraline mm. you didn't know you were going to be as scared of it but it fucked with you and it and it tripped you out what if you found a game that goodwill you ain't never seen it before but you now having a house party you and your friends get into it and one of your friends go suck down into it what the hell terrifying that woman became, the friend who was there with him became a psychic medium because people started calling her crazy. Now she over there tiptoeing into some real shit. This is terrifying. She over there lighting candles, honey. That. See, now I got to watch it before the end of this season because my rating might change. <laughs> <laughs> Please watch Jumanji. This movie is one and the same. It really is. But... I'm not I'm not mad at it. Shout out to A24 for giving a chance on Australian film. Cause again, I wouldn't have I may look more into Australian filmmakers, Australian directors, and Australian actors. Mm-hmm. Because as far as like the quality of film, it was done well. Australian writer, step your game up. Yeah. So whole complete cohesive. Cause that was an hour and a an hour fifty. For it to not an hour and forty two, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For it to not to be not to be like it did not it, it did not come full circle. It did not end. Yeah. So questions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's us for episode sixty nine. Yeah. We made it to the funny number. <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> That's us, y'all. Check us out next time, which is going to be another full episode. Um, Just a heads up. Your girl is moving, so it may be a little bit delayed. But, of course, we always try to keep you with content. We're not going to give you another shorty, though. So we're going to try to delay it in the intent of having a full episode. Um, Our next episode is... Have they been saying the movie's next? Mm-mm. No, huh? Because it's it's an A twenty four season. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you know. So, check us out. Thank you for coming back per usual. We love you. We did not do our Spotify rap, but we saw y'all, and we yes. love you, and we appreciate yeah. you. Keep up the shares. <laughs> do all of that. Thank you so 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 much for your support. Me and Keeks love you. Never part. I see. Bye bye. Love you guys. Bye, tiny hearts, big hearts. Tiny hearts, gang gang. All the hearts. <laughs>